come and search our hearts tonight, Lord. Lord, we open up ourselves and we give you access to all that we are and all that we have, Lord. Come and search our hearts tonight, Holy Spirit. Lord, we choose to make room for you tonight. There's no one like you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Lord, tonight as we raise our hands to you as a sign of surrender, we surrender everything that we are, Lord. All that we have unto you, Lord. You can have it all, Lord. We want more of you, Jesus. We want to see more and more and more of you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Tonight we are expectant for a fresh move of you, Lord. We yield our spirits to you tonight, Lord. Church, in this atmosphere of worship, just lift your voices unto the Lord. Just sing a new song unto Him. Worship Him, worship Him and love Him. There's no one like you, Jesus. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. Who compares to your beauty, Lord? You are worthy. Lord, tonight we bow before your majesty, for you are worthy of it all. We cast our crowns before you, for you are worthy of it all, Jesus. Charge the atmosphere tonight, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We honor you. We honor you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you. You may take your seats. Hallelujah. The Lord is wonderful. Amen. Well, tonight I just want to share with you something that has really been, excuse me, something that has really been tugging on my heart recently. And ever since we came, we came to England, this has been pressing on my heart so deeply. And it's about casting our crowns before the Lord and casting our own carnal desires before the Lord and intentionally making room for God in our lives. Intentionally putting aside all that we are, all that we have and making room for God, making room for Him to move in our lives. Amen. So I'm sure we're all aware of the story of Elisha and the woman at Shunem. And if you do have your Bibles, please turn with me to 2 Kings 4, and I'll be reading from verse 8 to 17. And it says, One day, Elisha went to Shunem, and a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. And she said to her husband, 
I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put in it a bed and a table, a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. One day when Elisha came, he went up to his room and laid down there. He said to his servant Gehazi, call the Shunammite. And so he called her. She stood before him. Elisha said to him, tell her that you have gone through all this trouble for us. Now what can be done for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She replied, I have a home amongst my own people. What can be done for her? Elisha asked. Gehazi said, she has no son and her husband is old. Then Elisha said, call her. So he called her and she stood in the doorway. About this time next year, Elisha said, you will hold a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she objected. Please, man of God, don't mislead your servant. But the woman became pregnant and the next year, about the same time, she gave birth to a son, just as Elisha told her. Now church, I'm sure if we found out that the prophet Elisha was coming to town, we would all go and redecorate our homes, especially if we knew that he was coming to our home for a meal. We'd make sure that the fridge is restocked with the best food because we were going to cook him up a feast. We'll make sure that everything is swept up and cleaned up just for this prophet of God. So this woman, this Shunammite woman, she knew that the prophet of God often comes into her city. But she, she took it a step further. She didn't just redecorate her house. She renovated her home to accommodate for this man. We read in the verse earlier that she intentionally built him a room in her house so that he can be accommodated when he came by. Now, the fact that she accommodated him and built him a room, this tells me that she didn't really have the biggest house or the fanciest things or the most spacious place, but she had a heart that was willing to accommodate for this man of God at all costs even if it meant decluttering her space. And later we see the blessing that followed her life because of the sacrifice that she had made. So reading in the story, it really got me thinking, wouldn't we all want a prophet of God to come and visit us and ask us, what can I do for you? But then it brought me to the point where I asked, what brought this man of God to this point where he would ask her, what can he do for her? Could it be that she was willing to make room for him? Or maybe he just wanted to repay her kind gesture. But we read in the verse that this woman decided to build a room for this man of God. And like I said earlier, this implies that she didn't have extra space in her house. She had to purposefully make room for him. She had to go through this great renovation in her home, shift and clean up to accommodate this man. She had to put things order in, in order to accommodate for this man of God. And church, tonight I believe that God is calling each and every one of us to clean up our hearts, to shift and to sift out what should and shouldn't be there. 
and willingly make room for God in our hearts. Amen. And for some of us, this may look like letting go of past hurts, past offenses. This may look like giving, giving to God and surrendering to God all our carnal desires that are infiltrating and influencing our hearts and minds. This may mean making a conscious decision to sweep up and to dust up this house, to tend to our hearts, to make room for God, for his home to be established in our, house, in our hearts. Amen. Church, it's time to dethrone anything else that takes prominence above God and make room for him. It's time to prepare a room for God in our hearts and enthrone him again. You see, in this next verse, we see that Elisha had shared many meals with this woman and her husband, but he never asked her this question before. The question, what can I do for you? It was only when the room had been made for him and he was lying in the bed that he had asked the question to this lady, what can I do for you? It was only when Elisha saw that this woman had devoted her time and her space, her energy, and her home to accommodate for him. You know, preparing for this man of God speaks about her commitment to him. It speaks about her saying, yes, you can come and reside in my house. You can come and live here. I will devote my space to you, and you can come and live in this home. You do have a space here. She had committed to this man of God and established his place in her home. She ensured him that she will not waver on her decision to accommodate him. He had a secure place in this woman's home. And that is when he asked her, what can I do for you? Well, what am I trying to say tonight? I'm trying to say that when we make room for God in our lives, we are telling God that he has our undivided attention. He has our undivided commitment, our undivided devotion and time and space and that we are willing to give it all to him. We are willing to declutter our lives. We are willing to clean up our lives so that he can come and reside in it. Amen. You know, when a person comes and lives in your home, there's no restrictions. They're free to go into whichever room they please, whenever they want to. It's the same thing. When we invite God into our lives and make room for him, we give him full access to everything. And I promise that there is a lifelong blessing that follows that type of devotion. It is a lifelong blessing that follows that type of commitment and that type of honor. You see, in the next point, when this woman replied to the question of what can I do for you? She responded in saying that she didn't need anything. Her response was, I have a home amongst my own people. But this really shows the state of this woman's heart. She didn't build this room for this man of God because she had a need. She built it out of honor for this man of God. You see, this woman's heart attitude was pure. And she didn't make this room with hidden agendas or hidden motives because she needed anything. Just plain honor. She honored this man not just with her lips or with her actions, but she honored him with her heart too. 
You know, in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love in my heart, I am only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. The scripture says that we can speak in tongues and do all these amazing things, but if we do not have love inside our hearts, we're just making empty noise. We're resounding, we're resounding the sound excuse me, of a clanging cymbal. And it's the same thing like the worship in our lives. We can do all the right things. Our outward actions can show that we're the best worshiper out there. We can be raising our hands in church, clapping our hands, dancing on stage, singing the right lyrics, but our hearts are far from God. We can sing all the right words. Therefore, David says in Psalm 19 verse 14, May the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my salvation. Sorry, my rock and my redeemer. Church, tonight, right there where you are, just, just raise your hands and close your eyes. I want to pray a prayer over us tonight. Lord, may the words of our mouths and meditation of our hearts be pleasing unto you, Father. Lord, may we honor you, not just through what we do, not just through what we say, but with our hearts too, Lord. Father, tonight we choose to make room for you. We choose, Lord, to honor you with our hearts. We choose to give you that room back in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So next we see that Gehazi told Elisha that the couple had no son and that the man was old. So Elisha responded in saying that at the same time next year, the woman will be holding a son in her arms. And so she did. Church, the word of the Lord had come to pass on this woman's life, and she received her miracle. She had received the promise that God had given her. I can just imagine the joy and the gratitude that must have infiltrated this home, that must have infiltrated this woman's heart. Something that she had been waiting for, for so long. Something that she had probably silently pleaded to the Lord for. It had come to pass. The word of the Lord had come to pass. But how did she receive something that she didn't ask for? Well, I believe that there are two ways in which you can receive things. Number one, you can beg for them. And number two, you can consciously make the decision to make room for God in your life. And when you make room for God in your life to move, that's when the miracle will show up. Amen. You see, this woman built a room for the servant of God out of honor. And in return, she was blessed without even asking for it. She received the blessing of a son. She received the blessing of motherhood in which she desired through making room for God. I'm here to tell you tonight that when you make room for God in your life, you will see your miracle. The word of the Lord will come to pass in your life in Jesus' name. Goodness and mercy and favor and blessing will follow you all the days of your life. You just need to choose to make room for God. Amen. 
You see, what is remarkable about this next point is that the room was kept open for Elisha, even after he had left. We read that she'd kept the room open even after her child was born and through his teenage years. It would have been so easy for this lady to give her son the room because the fact that she had to build the room for Elisha already tells us that she didn't have space. And now there was another member in her family. She could have easily given him the room. But it says here that she didn't give the room to her son. She kept the room open for Elisha. You know, it's so easy for us, once we receive that blessing, to give up that room to that very blessing. And the time that we would spend pleading with the Lord and, and asking the Lord to bless us, asking the Lord, the time that we would ask the Lord for that miracle, we would now give it to that blessing. The time that we would usually spend to the gift giver, we now spend it on the gift. Or maybe we don't receive our miracle and our hearts are filled with such disappointment and we choose to take back the room from God. I remember in, in about 2018, um, my grandfather fell really ill, really, really ill. And he ended up in hospital. And my family and I were really trusting the Lord. We were praying endlessly day and night for his healing. We were really, really trusting the Lord for his healing. And unfortunately, my grandfather passed away. But this caused such animosity in my heart towards God. It began consuming me. And somehow, the void that I felt felt even bigger. I took back that room of worship from God. And nothing really changed. I, I reached rock bottom because I took that room back. I didn't allow for God to move in my life and for God to heal that wound. So nothing changed until I had a real encounter with God. And I made that decision to repent and to recommit my life to God. And until I made that decision, to give that room back to God, that is when I experienced my breakthrough. That is when I experienced true blessing and satisfaction and started receiving fulfillment that I didn't even know I needed. You see, I realized that if we want God to answer prayers that are not even prayed, we have to keep that room open. Just like that woman in Shunem, she left the room open even after Elisha had left. Church, tonight I encourage you, leave that room open for God to move. Leave that room open for God to work. You will see your miracle only if the room is kept open for Him. Amen. Later on we read that as time went by, this woman's son fell ill. He fell really ill, and eventually, he died. Church, I said he died. This, this blessing, this miracle, this, this treasure that she had been adorned with, her only son, the son that she had nurtured in her womb for nine months, this miracle that she had received, laying dead in her arms. Can you just imagine the despair of a mother's heart, the pain and the agony of your most prized possession 
just been taken away from you. But how could this be, she must have thought, because the prophet had said, the prophet had said that I will have a son. I had nurtured him from childhood till teenage years, and now he's dead in my arms. The answer to an unprayed prayer, dead in her arms. That would have been the perfect time for her to take back that room from God. I mean, that's what our flesh would tell us to do. But you know what she did? Church, she remembered. She remembered that she has a place to run to when she has a need. She remembered that she has a God who blessed her home with the joy of a child. She ran back to the source. She remembered the word of the Lord that was spoken over her. And the first thing that the mother did was to place him on the bed in which Elisha had asked the question. The question, what can I do for you? You see, at that time, when she was asked that question, she had no need. And that space was left open for her. Now, in the agony of holding her dead son in her arms, she decided to place him on the very bed where that question was asked. Because now she had a need. Now she was in need of a miracle. She had a need for the life of her son. Church, in that very moment, she laid him on the bed and a miracle took place. Hallelujah. That miracle took place. And her son was resurrected from the dead. She stood on the word that the Lord had spoken over her life. And she experienced the resurrecting power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm here to tell you today that no matter the situation, no matter the circumstance, no matter the magnitude of the challenge that you may be facing, we serve a miracle-working, promise-keeping God who takes care of every need. All He wants you to do is remember. Remember who your source is. Remember that word that has been spoken over you and stand firm on that truth. Just remember who your God is. Amen. Church, when we make room for God, we invite His supernatural resurrecting power into our lives. Lastly, we see that she was followed by a lifelong term of blessings number one her son was raised from the dead her miracle was restored to her what the enemy may have intended for evil God had turned for good and her son was given back to her that treasure was restored back into that home and secondly when a severe famine came into their land Elisha had warned this woman and they were able to escape the famine but not only that, when she returned back home, she found that she had lost everything from this famine. But she had found favor with the king because of what she had done for this man of God. She was honored with far more than she ever had. You see, when we honor God by making a room for him in our homes, God honors us by taking care of the entire house. When we choose to give him the little that we have, 
He blesses us with so much more than we could ever ask or think or even imagine because he is a good God and he's waiting to bless us. We are his children. All we need to do is make room for him in our lives. So how do we make room for God in our lives? We do this by acknowledging that we are not perfect, but Christ is. You see, we can make room for God, but we may have intentions of gaining something else other than an authentic relationship with God. I mean, the Bible says in Jeremiah that the heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked more than one man could know. You see, earlier we saw that this woman's heart was right before the Lord and she had received a blessing of lifelong miracles that followed her because of that. We see here that one of the ways in which we can make room for God is by having a heart that is in right standing with him, which comes about through repentance. This is why David says in Psalm 51, the Lord does not require sacrifices, but a broken spirit and a contrite heart that you will not despise. So can we all please stand to our feet tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. You know, there, there are many things that the Lord wants us to repent of tonight. To surrender our lives to Him. And like I said earlier, it may be offenses from the past or it may even be needing to forgive someone. Tonight, I encourage you to surrender it all to the Lord. Clean up, sweep up, dust it, sift it and shift it and make room for God in your life tonight. Make room in your, in your life for God to move, for God's resurrecting power to enter in so that you can receive your miracle. Holy Spirit, tonight we invite you in to reveal to us all that we need to repent of tonight, Lord. Everything that is not of you, Lord. Anything that is holding us back, anything that is keeping that door shut, Lord. We ask you to reveal it to us tonight, Father. In this atmosphere of worship, just where you are, just open up your hearts unto the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit to search your heart, to reveal to you anything that you might need to surrender to the Lord. Tell it to the Lord. Whisper it to Him tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We choose to make room for you tonight, Jesus. Lord, we surrender it all to you, Lord. All our crowns, all our cares, all our burdens. We lay it down at your feet tonight, Lord. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are moving amongst us tonight. Lord, I thank you that we will stand on the word that has been spoken over us, Lord. Father, I thank you that our faith in you will not waver, for you have spoken, Lord. And what you said will come to pass in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we choose to honor you tonight, Lord, not just with our lips and not just in our actions, Lord, but with our whole heart. Thank you, Jesus. I just want us to worship with this, with this song and choose to make room for the Lord tonight. Let's lay down our crowns before Him. Let's cast every burden, every desire at His feet and make room for Him tonight. <laughs> 